Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Marjorie Bunnett. I'm Elizabeth Reese. This is Best of the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Oh, these nests, we've been stuck in them for months and months and months. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit about communication, because I think this is really key. I think everybody that's been quarantined with your family, with your pod, number one, let's look at this as a good thing, that you're Mm -hmm. lucky to have your family around you. True. But it might be time for a little bit of a redo on communication. It might be time just to revisit what are your family's habits? What are, what are, what are the problems? And maybe do some reordering a little bit on communication. So how has it been going in your family? Communication wise. It, it ebbs and flows. I think sometimes are better than others. And I think it's easy to get a little snippy with (laughs) the ones you love. Um, that can definitely happen. Um, but we're trying to just like give each other a lot of grace. And I think over communicating is good. I think right now it's been the communication, I think has just been also really heightened by the stress of everything going on in the world and having yeah. conversations about it immediately ele- elevates the stress level. Yeah. I think um, so too. to the point of where I fully understand that being engaged in politics, for example, is important and is, is a privilege to be able to step away from that for a little bit. Right. But at the same time, if you have that privilege, you got to do it sometimes because you cannot take the weight of the world of fixing all of the systemic problems in America and hold that on your shoulders. It will crush you and yeah. everyone around you. So you're talking about having political discussions in the home that this may I not be just- the time? All sorts of conversations. Yeah. Just giving yourself grace to not have to solve the world's problems in your conversations in your house and, and then being also thoughtful about just if somebody snips at you instead of just immediately biting back, just kind of giving them a second because, well, I think, yeah, it's the giving a second. It's giving a pause. And I think I'm in such a weird position that part of the time I'm living alone and then part of the time I'm just living with my husband and I haven't seen that much of him. So we we have this wonderful sort of grace period that we have long stretches with which we can miss each other, which I think a lot of families aren't getting that chance to miss each other very much because they're seeing each other so much. So I think we're in a little bit of a different position. But I did find it was funny. Ian and I got into a little, and it was a little fight. It was not a big fight over something that we absolutely didn't hear each other. Like we, we literally couldn't hear each other. So he has hearing issues from the get go. Right. We were wearing masks and I think I was talking to him on a walk. I was outside and the conversation got so frustrating so fast. And so we just said goodbye. And I thought, I'm going to wait to finish this conversation until I get home. I can take my mask off. There's no outside noise. Because I think it's hard when somebody's walking and you're trying uh-huh. to FaceTime. Yeah. 
So he came home, and and we literally were agitated with one another over something I did not say. Like, he just completely misheard me. But when you talk about communication within a family, I think particularly when families are living together again, I have to tell you the story of a friend of mine who I woke up one morning and thought, oh, my goodness, I have not talked to this woman in like three years. I just miss her. So I texted her, said, we need to talk. She called me the next day and we talked for like an hour and a half. She's one of my loveliest, oldest friends. And she told me her family, so they have two twin boys who are, I think, 27 or 28. Okay. Their girlfriends and then a son that's, I think, 20 and her husband. At the beginning of COVID last March, they all moved into her house. Oh. Yeah. I find that incredible. And I said, how did you handle that? And she said, because this was right in the beginning, and they live out they live outside of New York, and so they were also in a hot spot. And I said, how did you guys deal with that? I mean, and these are all highly communicative people. Uh-huh. And she said, we had meetings, family meetings, every single night about how we were handling living together. Oh, my gosh. That's impressive. It was really – and I know this woman. I totally – she is that kind of communicator. But they would have to communicate stuff about, hey, I don't feel good about the fact that you went to the drugstore today. Yeah. That makes me feel vulnerable. Yeah. I don't feel good that you went out for coffee with this friend. And they would, like, air their differences in in their family meetings and talk about – what was working, what wasn't working. Everybody had jobs. So like one person would be in charge of all of the dinners for a week. I mean, they had to divvy up everything because she's like, I, I, she works full time. She's like, I can't take on suddenly cooking for, for 10. Yeah. For it's like two, four, six, seven, eight adults. Right. That's Thanksgiving every night. <laughs> so I said, well, and she said it went, she said it went about as well as you could expect it to go, which was pretty well. One of the sons and, and his girlfriend moved out about four months in. They went and rented a place. She said about six months in, she said, I couldn't do the family meetings anymore. Yeah. And so, but we needed a way to connect and to be together, but we needed to communicate about something other than COVID. So I love this more than anything. She started a family book club. <laughs> where once a week they discuss a short story. Oh my gosh. It's amazing to me. And she said it's gotten so fun because they have now they've included a friend of one of their sons who moved off to get his masters and is all by himself in Chicago, so he's alone. So he does part of the book club. One of the girlfriend's mothers is in the book club. Fun. I mean, And she said, all we could do, she said, I knew the only thing that we could do was short stories. There's no way that we could do a book. So they do a short story a week. But she said exactly what I think we all know about book clubs, which is they're revelatory. When you have to talk about literature, you learn things about people. And she said, that's been the most fun. But she's my, she is like the shining star of COVID communication. Like that's a high level high level of keeping your family together. I was super impressed. That's really, that's really good. We do like day by day communication at this point right now. We're doing like the, 
what it like if we start to look we used to look at the week ahead so on Sundays Jay and I would look at the week and go okay what are things looking like right and then we would kind of kind of go oh okay let's do takeout that night I'll come up with some dinners for the other nights. We're, we gotta, do we have a babysitter booked for this night? This was like in the old days when things were simple and easy right. and bright and shiny. <laughs> right. And, but now we just do it day by day. So every night it's, okay, what do we got going on tomorrow? What's tomorrow? And then it's going through who's going where, who has to be here, who's got Zoom calls, who's running right. this, what are we going to do for dinner? Who's doing pickup? I mean, it's so much to manage that we can only take it one day at a time. But if we don't have that conversation and we're not communicating about like the nuts and bolts of what's going on in this house, then it's turmoil because nobody knows what's happening at any time. And I think that's really the key to what I wanted to talk about today, which is the day-to-day communication. You talk, yeah. you started out by talking about getting snippy with one another. And I think that's really where I think families can fall apart is if you aren't really mindful of those day-to-day conversations or those day-to-day interactions, which can go so badly, so fast. I mean, that's essentially like what happened on the walk when I was talking to Ian. In my head, I'm like, what is happening? I could see his frustration. I was frustrated. And and those things can spiral until you don't even know how it started. Yeah. And there was a piece in the New York Times, which I thought was – particularly important right now. And the headline was, become a better listener. Your family will thank you. Effective communication skills are more important than ever in our close quarter existence. And I sent this off to you. Did you have a chance to read it? Yes, I did. And I've got it pulled up right now. How much of that do you follow? And we'll get into the specifics because I think they're important. I think that I try to be a listener. and But sometimes I'm thinking about the next thing that I need to say before I before I listen. <laughs> right. And and that goes back to, I mean, the whole article was really about, and I won't get into the specifics, a reporter wrote about her personal story with communication. But what I thought was really interesting, two things. One, she quoted data from a website called Legal Templates. I didn't even know this existed, where you can get a template for your divorce papers. Oh, my gosh. It's that easy. But according to that data, sales of divorce agreements went up 30% from March to June in 2020 compared to 2019. So it doesn't surprise me. No. It just doesn't surprise me because stress and worry, financial problems, all of those things lead to increases in divorce and right. that's exactly what we're seeing across the board. And I think you really see who people are when they are stressed. Yeah. And if if that just level of that bar of the level of stress is just raised consistently for so long, it can really take its toll on people. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot to handle. The reporter. This was this article is written by Jan C. Dunn. And I just thought this is so funny because I think a lot of families are going through this. She said, on a recent morning, my family was assembled in our customary positions at the kitchen table. My husband, Tom, and I hunched over our computers while our daughter wearing headphones did math problems for remote learning. God, it sounds just so crazy, doesn't it? it Looking is. up to ask Tom a question, my view was blocked by a jungle-like tower of clutter he had amassed. I took a deep breath and explained in my best impersonation of calm that in this surreal new world in which the children share our co-working space, it's important to keep that space relatively cl- clutter-free. When I was done, he didn't respond. But just as a vein in my forehead began to pound, he offered his own interpretation of what I had said. 
You'd like me to get rid of the garbage barge on the table, Tom said. Yes, I answer, relieved. Now, when you think about that, like in a in a microwave of all of the little annoyances that are happening in families throughout this country that are having to work together, and mind you, if your whole family is surviving in COVID, that's a blessing. And I think we need to remember that considering how many families have lost family members. So just right. at the outset... We ought to lean into all of this with gratitude if your family is healthy. But she goes on to talk about something called active listening. And this is what I thought was really interesting because I can tell you 100%, Elizabeth, when I was your age, I didn't do any of these. I don't believe that. No, no. I'm pretty emotional. Um, yeah. Active listening <laughs> is absorbing, understanding, and responding with empathy. Now, I should clarify that. I didn't do any of these with my husband. because he you would probably always do compl- them with other people. Yeah, he would always say, like, people you work with love you. You obviously communicate well with them. (laughs) What is the problem? So, I mean, in a way, the best thing that ever happened to my communication skills with my husband was having to do a four-hour radio show with him every day. Yeah, because you had to have conversations all the time. And you had to not have convers like you had to not be fighting off air all the time because it would make it really hard to go on the air and like well, act and like notice, a loving couple. When she's saying active listening and you're describing absorbing, understanding, responding with empathy, none of that has to do with coming up with your own rebuttal, coming up with your own response that will make you right, dismissing what the person says. <laughs> right. And that's actually so the, they she says there are three components to active listening. And I am sincerely presenting this to everybody because I practice a lot of this now. I'm not perfect, but this will change your relationship. That's how important I think active listening in. So the three components, she says, express interest. I cannot tell you how many times, and that means letting the person express what they need to express without interrupting them. And And putting your phone down and actually listening to it. Actually listening. I mean, that's the other thing. And Elizabeth, not crafting your response while they're presenting their grievance or their thought. Yeah. Yeah. That's super hard to do. It slows everything down. And it really took me until about, I don't know, not so long ago to really just be okay with having Ian express what he's going to express, standing there for a moment, trying to not be defensive, and then crafting a response. It's so hard to do. Like, if you don't fight well with your husband, try this first. It will change everything. If you just slow down your emotional response. I know. And the problem is that for me, I want to get it over with and solved and move on. (laughs) So I always am like, let's just get this done, get it hashed out. And what's going to be the solution and get move forward. And Jay is much, he's much slower at like, he absorbs what I'm saying And then sometimes he'll just go, okay. And then I'm like, well, aren't you going to say anything back to that? Like, what do you have to say back to that? Come on, come on, come on, come on. (laughs) And he says, I don't know. I like, I don't know why I'm doing that. Or I don't know why that happened. And I'm like, you need to know why you did that. And then we can fix it and move on and do something different next time. Right. And he then a couple days later, oftentimes will come back and go, okay, here's why I think this was going on. And that was a really hard thing for me. It still is. It's still a really hard thing for me to understand of right. why it takes so long for him to figure it out. But at the same time, he usually comes to a more, it's more of like an in-depth 
understanding of why something is happening versus me when I just like get to the quick of like, okay, okay, let's get to it. What's the problem? What's the solution? Let's move forward. Do you know what an, an incredible blessing that is to be married to somebody like that? Yeah, it's helpful. I need to appreciate that more because I think I just get frustrated sometimes because I just don't have that much time. This is the whole struggle with everybody, right? Right. I mean, why are you struggling with communication with your three-year-old when you're trying to get them out the door? It's because you have to dedicate the time to having the conversation and slow down and figure out what's the real root of it. And if you are a person like me who has a full-time job and three children and you're doing distance learning kindergarten and trying to manage everything <laughs> and trying to like not have your life oh just be God. a complete living nightmare, then you are pressed for time and you're tired. And all of those things just compile to make communication really difficult. I would say in my 20s and 30s, I was very much and partially in my 40s. So pretty much my whole life, I was very much like you, just Tell me what's bugging you. Let's talk about it ever so briefly and let's never think of it again. That's that's that a was, wonderful way to live. Because I can forget it. I can yes. easily forget it because I don't care that much. <laughs> None of that is a healthy thing to say at all. And I would say that in so many ways to my husband for years. Like, God, yeah. why? Why do we have to talk about this again? So frustrating. And I will tell you probably the reason our marriage has lasted is because he made it his, it is his way to make sure that any thought, any issue gets discussed and doesn't get buried. Yeah. I cannot tell you how painful for me that was for so many years. As a child of an alcoholic, I am masterful at burying. Yep, just bury and I, it. I guarantee you it won't bug me because <laughs> I'll forget it. <laughs> it goes into a little box that I, I tidy up and I don't think about it again. And and But that is also the way that marriages end is when you yeah. just have all of these festering issues. So the fact that Jay comes back to it is really important. That's yeah, good it's thing. good. It's good. It's the time. The time is so much. I like this paraphrasing too. Yep. I do yep. think – that that is so helpful when it comes to communicating just with anybody, which is is essentially, okay, what I hear you're saying, what right. I hear you saying is this, because you're validating that you are actually hearing what that person is saying and feeling. And then it it automatically, I think, gives you a sense of empathy. Because if you can say that, right. I here's what I'm hearing you say and what I am sensing that you're feeling, you can automatically just put yourself into their shoes more easily versus just going, okay, yada, yada. She's saying this again, blah, blah. Well, in our, in our language, in our marriage, and I could, I could knit, I could, I could stitch this on a pillow is Ian saying to me, you've moved the goalpost. Mm. And that's always about not, not expressing interest. Number one, because I'm not listening to what he's saying. I wasn't listening. I really wasn't taking it in. And then two, because you're not listening, there's no way you can paraphrase it. Yeah. And so my argument style would be that I would jump to what was bugging me, which just makes, that'll just go on forever. And I don't- Yeah, that's tricky. That's a good trick though. That is a good trick that you were doing. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is why I go back to if we were married, we would be fine. <laughs> I know. You're a sly would, little fox, Marjorie Punnett. That is we, a good We trick. would have a fight and you'd be like, I'm mad about this. Great. I'm mad about this. Great. Okay. We don't have time to talk about it anymore. Let's just not, <laughs> let's just not even discuss it. But I think paraphrasing is really key. And I, I do that a little bit more, but I'm really not great at that still. Do you do that? Do you actually paraphrase back? No, I don't. And I should do it more. I actually think it would help if Jay did that. I'm going to tell him to maybe do that. Because right. I think sometimes I'm like, are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, are you hearing what I am saying to you? And then he's going, <laughs> yes, but I don't feel like he really is. And then I find that to be very frustrating. Have you ever recorded a fight? No, but that's probably a good idea. Ooh. Slash a terrible Ooh. idea. I don't it's, know. Don't it's post really scary. it anywhere. It's really scary. It's because we did that once or twice. And to hear yourself, I mean, I actually found it, to be honest, I found part of it kind of validating, but part of it's just what's what's hard about it. And it's actually a good exercise to do is if you're really in a fight, like one, like a real fight. Yep. And you record it. You take a moment and say, okay, we're – because you can. Everybody's got their iPhone now. Well, for sure. You just have to make sure, like you said, you don't share it. Just don't Um, post it. That it is hard to listen to yourself in a fight Mm -hmm. because I don't think – if it's a fight that's gotten out of control, that's never our best selves. And there's a healing in that as well in hearing yourself be that person because I I think it's a rare person that would hear themselves fighting with somebody that they love and walk away from that and going, Oh yeah, I love that person. I love hearing who that person is. Yeah. And it's shocking how you'll say the meanest things to the people that you love the most. I mean, that's the whole, and, and that's the whole point of best to the nest is to try to not be your biggest jerk of a person to the people that you're at home with. Even though, I mean, it's kind of inevitable that that's going to happen, but to, to minimize that and to right. be thoughtful that how, how can I treat the person that's checking me out at Target more nicely than I treat my family? Right. It and doesn't really that, make that much sense. And I think that's the thing about if you're ever in a fight and you record it, that it's not, it's don't record it so that you can say, look right here, I was right and you were wrong. That's just going to start another fight. Mm-hmm. What it is, I think, is really an evaluation how I looked at it when we did, I think we did it three or four times, is I found part of it validating in that I I didn't say anything mean. I could find the things that I did wrong, but there are also things that you can look at and go, okay, I like how that sounded or I don't like how that sounded. I could be yeah. better at this. Well, that's I, good. I, I honestly, I think that in so many ways, I don't know which class I would get rid of in high school. We, we've talked about this before, but the fact that we don't do a semester for kids just on life communication skills mm-hmm. is beyond me. I mean, even when you think about our political situation right now and how people talk to one another or Twitter or anything, now is the time that we teach communication as a life skill. Yeah. And and there's I mean, there's actually research and science where we could we could teach that. And I think it would be so beneficial to all of society. So the last part of active listening is ask for elaboration. This is my very, very favorite, which I now utilize probably starting when I was about 49. The therapist helped me with this one of Ian should go to law school. (laughs) He argues on a three-dimensional chessboard. (laughs) Sometimes it would swirl around me. 
And so if it was swirling, I would get defensive and I would latch onto one thing and and sort of miss the bigger point because mm-hmm. I am more emo- – I'm an emotional arguer. And I think for me now, when I – and sometimes I don't think he makes sense, to be honest. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I'll just literally say, I don't understand. <laughs> I do not understand. And it's amazing how just saying that. Just saying, I don't understand what you're saying to me. I think I just said this last month. I don't understand what you're saying to me. Slows everything down. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't understand this and then trying to get some clarity on it mm-hmm. is important. The other thing though that I think sometimes we're missing when it comes to communication is just the frequency with which it needs to happen because right, you really – it's very easy – when you're not in a consistent communication, just just like in a rhythm, to start making up a story in your head about what's really going on. Yeah. And and that can be the most damaging thing because you're telling yourself, well, he's doing this or he thinks this or blah, blah, blah. And you're telling yourself that story and that might not really be true. Or if it is true, it's maybe true for a different reason than you think it's true. Yeah, I and think that's, I think that's really what important. happens when you don't, you know, when you're not like consistently and Jay and I will go through this where sometimes we're just not, maybe we're consistently talking about like the business of running our home, but we're not consistently talking about how are you feeling about this element at work or what's, what's feels overwhelming to you or things like that. And then, and then when he's having stress, if I don't have the context of what's going on with him in other areas of his life, I immediately jump to a conclusion that it's a problem with me and it's really frustrating and now I'm irritated versus if I have context of, you know, or Jay has context of I'm feeling really tired and really overwhelmed and really like, I don't know how this just happened to me yesterday. I don't, I, I was just so tired yesterday and because I'd been communicating how I'd been feeling to him regularly, his reaction was, how can I help and how can I help you solve this? Not, Mm. oh my gosh, she's upset and I haven't done enough to fix it, you know, which can be that defensive reaction. And I think that has come from going, this is where I'm struggling right now and communicating to the person that you love what you're struggling with regularly. It just helps prevent them from immediately thinking that the way that you're acting has to do with you. Right. And I think the other I, – I really do believe the other part of good communication is sex. Yeah, and that's we don't, important. We don't talk a lot about sex lives on the show, and I think right. we'll continue that tradition of not that's talking a lot true. about sex lives on our show. <laughs> but I, I do think that if you're not having sex, there's there's just the sort of the physical tension that builds up in a relationship mm-hmm. where you just – you don't know why you're in it anymore. I mean, you might as well be roommates. Yeah. And I think for men and I think for men and women, but I think men, if they start to feel like they're just sort of there to do tasks and to and to go to work every day and then to to make sure that they live up to the list and to make sure that they do everything they're supposed to be doing, and there's no sort of joie de vie in it. Yeah. I think that I do think that that. If life starts to feel that way, I think it really makes it hard to communicate as a husband, as a loving husband and wife. Well, you're right. I mean, in 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 a 
a heterosexual relationship and it can depend. I think every relationship is different. And, but in, you know, when you look at like a male and a female relationship, you sort right. of have that stereotypical men want sex and then women aren't giving it to them. And, and I think the push and the pull comes sometimes from a lot of times, and this isn't everybody, but a lot of times men get the connection through right. sex. And so right. you have sex and then they are engaged in the rest of those things in the family. Right. Women want the engagement in the family in order to feel like they want to have sex. Right. So it can be like a very difficult push and pull because, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if if your husband is crabby and like not contributing that much to the house and just kind of doing whatever – and you feel like you're doing everything, guess who you don't want to have sex with? That right. guy. I mean, right. that's just the way that it is. Right. And then for him, if he's not having, getting that physical connection, is, is he, he's like, well, then I'm not even, I don't even bother because I'm never going to be good enough anyway. Well, he'll disconnect. He disconnects. And so that is a real struggle. And so what I say about sex is sometimes it's like working out. You don't want to do it. <laughs> But you're always glad you did once you're done. <laughs> but I think that's really important. And sometimes really it's important. just like getting on the clothes. You got to just either get on the workout clothes and get going or you yep. got to get off the clothes yep. and and get going. And I'm not saying that you should be having sex when you don't want to. Like it need, there, no. I think a consensual relationship is very important. But sometimes – you don't really want to, but right. you do to, to connect with that person, to understand that that's what that person means. And, and I, I always get like tricky with this because I don't want people to feel like it's like, well, you owe him anything because you don't. No. But at the same time, it, you do have to respect how people connect within a relationship. And that is part of it. Would it be fair to say that you owe sex to the relationship as opposed to to him, because I do think it gets in very tricky territory where that because there are those old tropes of, you know, it's your duty. It's what all oh, that, which yeah. is just awful. Yeah. But do you owe it to the relationship? I think as if opposed it's to, Im- yes, if it's important to one person in the relationship, just as like it's important to have a conversation or to be honest or right. to follow through with your word, all of those things, it's an important component of connection within a relationship. And right. frankly, it can be often more important to one member of the relationship than the other. Right. And so sometimes I do think that the other person and and that can ebb and flow. Listen, I have a three month old, so it's like the last thing I'm thinking about. But right. at the same time, it's not the last thing that Jay's thinking about. Right. And so are there times when I'm like, okay, <laughs> yes, that's just the way that it is. Yeah. But it doesn't and- mean that it's like there are times that there are things that I need from him that he's probably like, okay. But then right. at the end, you end up feeling more connected and that's important. I, and I, and I do, I, I go back to, I think that that's foundational to keeping communication healthy and good along with active listening, which is what we talked about. There's active connection because I honestly think that's one of those foundational parts of relationship that if you, if you just think, I mean, there, there were women, that I knew when we were all sort of in the child, the child raising period that like had sex with their husbands like twice a year. Yeah. Birthdays and anniversaries. Those are yeah, people. And it just, it, it just, I don't know how you keep a marriage together if you're doing that, unless it's 
consensual unless unless you, it's mutual. You, yeah. You've talked about it, and that's and you what have you other ways want. that you connect, right? But I just think that it's it's. I think it's particularly hard when you have little kids. I really do. I remember those times. You're just yeah, because so they're everywhere, Marjorie. You're tired, and they're it's, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. But but I do think it's – as we talk about active listening, I do think that's one other component just to communicate with your spouse about. I mean, if you're really tired and everybody's been grabbing at you all day and you just want to go sit alone, I think it's better to communicate that to your husband, obviously, than just saying no. Flat out you know? rejection. Yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. never goes well. <laughs> like this isn't the right time. Let's yeah. schedule it and put it in the calendar. <laughs> that works, you know. That does actually really work, just so you know. There you go. Very good stuff. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Did you find a good one, Marjorie? I did from T.L. Hover. This is our first review of 2021. She writes, I'm assuming it's a her. Love, love, love. Listening to Marjorie and Elizabeth feels like home. Oh, I love that. Have loved them forever from the radio station in Minneapolis and was so happy to find this podcast. Look forward to every episode and go back and re-listen often. Love, love, love you both. Bonus I, points for the re-listening and three loves. I know. And I. it makes me really happy when people who used to listen to our radio show find us. Um, mm. I'm glad it feels like home. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest or go to bestofthenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.